The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are time-traveling into the future. We are on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, blah, 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 Paul Michael Bolin. G'day, Paul. Uh, time-traveled to the future. What, like tomorrow? Yes, because technically it's Thursday time when we are recording this, um, mm-hmm. but we've got on Jared Fjorda, so his fight's tomorrow. Um, so we've got him on today. So by the time this airs, he'll be backstage prepping for a fight um if it was me i'd be like climbing out the fire escape so i, I don't well, know how they do it shouldn't he shouldn't he be like punching the side of a of a like a, a slab of beef or something or chasing a chicken <laughs> around the backyard or something? i don't know what fighters do i, guess, I don't like, know i, I think they run upstairs listening to the music from rocky they listen to like eye of the tiger while running upstairs i think that's how they handle yeah. it fair enough yeah but this this is just what happens in my brain I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll have to ask him about that. So it's been pretty interesting. It's been a pretty dead week in Hollywood news. Eh, Yeah. Yeah. I I know there's just, just the, just the normal stuff though. You know, the, uh, I think there was what the, uh, uh, that, that, that tape of the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard tape surface. That's about like the most interesting thing that I know of. That's not really a surprise, though. Like, it, it's just, it's that and the Cardassians. Like, I am so sick of hearing about the damn Cardassians. Don't get me wrong. If you want to be famous, please take Chris Jenner's blueprint. She is a genius. She's a narcissist and terrible to her children, but she's a genius. Then you've got, like, Haley Baldwin um, in her messed up relationship with Justin Bieber. And I kind of just want to turn around to some of these girls and be like, okay, you're doing this wrong. And to the girls that write in about the show talking about how much you like this celebrity and that celebrity, take some advice from the celebrities. The reason they can't keep relationships together is they are all freaking train wrecks. Train wrecks. Yeah, there has to be, in order to be maintain being a star, there has to, you have to have a certain level of narcissism that just doesn't, uh, uh, I don't know, feed well for interpersonal relationships. Not at all. I mean, do you know anyone in successful relationships long term besides like Goldie Horn and... Kurt Russell. Well, I don't know particularly, but uh, that them really. A, I know I've known a few uh, so successful couples over the over the almost the twenty years I've been out here, but that's about yeah, but, it. But those are usually successful couples working together towards whatever goal. I'm yeah. just saying, if you look at Vanessa Hudgens, like she just split up with her guy because he's moving forward in his career. That always turns into a point where there is some kind of competitiveness or it's who's the biggest star at the time. But more so, than that, like... So they, Van- they, Vanessa's single? She is. You should go for it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. I already got two strikes, but so we're fine. <laughs> go uh, on, Go all the way, Paul. All the way. If you got, don't. Nah, if, I, if, I, hey, if I use my third strike, it's going to wind up on the news. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Right. So we won't do that. Um, but it just seems in Hollywood when you put together these relationships, these interpersonal relationships, 
it, it's not only that they don't work, it's that they can't. I've seen them work better when um, one person's been more established for a longer period of time, usually the woman, and she steps back. Uh, if you look at Cosby, Chick, and Aquaman. Cosby, so, Chick. Oh, oh, yes. And it was weird. They're, they're, uh, there's a, a new TV show, High Fidelity. Fidelity. Apparently, Lisa Bonet bought it for her daughter. It was weird seeing Lisa Bonet's character being played by a white man. I don't know why everybody is irritated by that. Why not? You know what? I, I gotta say, I, I like Lisa Bonet. Like she's one, a cool human. Two, the only complaints I've ever heard about her are that she's got a lot of backbone and stands her ground. Like she was willing to lose jobs over not bending and points to her. Um, but more than that. Like, I'm glad she, I thought you were going to say she's on the show. I was going to try and be like, motherfucker, I'm in the middle of trying to get her on a show. Uh, I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA. Free MMA is uh, the, the guy that started. It's actually on the show today. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're supporting. We, 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 when we swear, we do it for the children. We swear because we care. Fucking mm -hmm. so, Alexis is in the background. She's like counting the swearing. For those that don't know, that is my assistant, Alexis. She's always like background stalking everything. She also counts all of the swearing, um, and doesn't like it. And Moist but, doesn't count the fucking swear word. <laughs> yeah, he said Moist. Some you said Moist like forty-five times last month, and Alexis uh, was seriously counting it. She was so mad at you, Paul. <laughs> Um, that seems to be like a trigger word for people. Moist. You know, moist. Yeah. People are triggered by dumb stuff. I don't know why everyone's triggered by really dumb stuff these days. You could say anything. Like if I turn around and I'm like, oh, nice ass. Apparently that's kind of rapey. You can't say that to your assistants. Or they yeah. threaten to tell. No, that, oh. that was the, 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 the Jim Carrey thing that happened this week. Week or what uh, with Jim this week. Uh, well, he was doing press, one of those press junkets, which are just horrible for everybody yep. involved. Well, you know, you stick somebody in a room and just have people just you know, just did all day asking okay, big so, questions all day long. Guys, so a um, press junket essentially, they sit you down, they put you in a chair, and they bring in reporter after reporter after reporter. They they change the step and repeat behind you. They change some of the stuff, but you're in the same room all day, bored to death. Usually just antsy, and for someone like Jim Carrey, it's hell. Robin Williams described it as the worst part of anything because he had to sit still. Yeah, a friend of mine used to be the makeup artist for those things, Eek. or at least one of the bigger ones. Yeah, uh, well, she's got Emmys now, so, you know. I know, but that's her. still, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, God bless no, it was, tough. yeah, it wasn't a good gig to begin with. No. But, you know, I guess somebody, everybody else has to do it. But no, during one of these things, Jim Carrey, uh, was asked by a, a, a female reporter so that I don't get in trouble. Uh, says, what you've, you've done just about everything. Uh, what could be on your, uh, possibly be on your bucket list. And he goes, eh, just you. Nice. That's fine. Okay. But you can't, there's a point with comedians where you have to let it go. It was like the Congressman that got in trouble for pretending to grab a girl's breasts over a flak jacket. I get that. It's not cool. Right, but every comedian oh, friend I have, actually, right? But how much can you actually feel through a precious it's cargo? Not uh, even, it's not even. It's not even that. When it comes down to it, 
I don't know any comedian that doesn't make some sort of joke where you're just like, dude, I know women that do it. I know men that do it. Part Whoa. of what they do is push the boundary. You know, it's like, dude, we're at kindergarten. Stop it. Yeah. So, so. Pretty much. Yeah. I've, or I'll be around them like we're shooting. We're trying to get a shot. They've gotten bored. The worst thing you can have is a bored comedian on set. Uh, like, I had one pull out his mm-hmm-hmm, um, and we're having this conversation with him, and it's, like, hanging out of his pants. We're like, we need you to put that away and shoot. And then he pulls it out. It's it's a prosthetic that he bought from a sex toy store that's made of, like, chocolate, and then he stood there and ate it. It's, you literally had somebody eat a dick in front of you. Yep. I was like, this is what happens when comedians get bored. He put yeah. it in his pants. He stood there with it out. Everyone's freaking out. And then he's like, all right, all right, I'll get rid of it. Then he pulls it out the front of his pants and eats it. I think I pulled a similar gag with the raw sausage at some point, you know, like chorizo or something like that. Fair enough. I don't really see much of a need for chorizo aside from that. I, <laughs> I like chorizo. Not in that way. It's like this is the kind of this is this is the sausage you can't sell, part of the parts of the cow you can't sell to rednecks. I mean, seriously, yeah, it's so. like a step below hot dogs, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. It's that point. I suppose you're right. If you can't sell it to hot dogs, you're screwed. Right. If you can't put it in no, hot dogs, you, if, if it's you, failed the pink slime, you do it a fancy name, and people in skinny jeans will buy it. Yeah. No. My brother is having a tantrum right now with the skinny jean hipsters. He went in to get vanilla ice cream. They're like, it's infused with lavender, and it's got this, and it's got that. And it's like, I just want <laughs> vanilla fucking ice cream. Why is it so hard to get vanilla ice cream? And he called me on this rant about hipsters ruining vanilla ice cream. Like, Jesus Christ, it's not that important to you. Lennon's like, one, don't take the Lord's name in vain. I'm like, uh, when do you, because, so we both grew up very, you know, we both grew up Catholic. Neither of us are very religious. I'm like, when did this get important to you? He said, well, I was just praying for vanilla ice cream before you said it. It's like, why are you praying for vanilla ice cream? He said, do you know how hard it is to get real vanilla ice cream in LA anymore? No. Apparently, it's all infused with lavender or chili powder. Uh, uh, ew. Okay. That was yeah. what he said. So he wants to go back home to Australia just to get vanilla ice cream. I told him I didn't think he had to go that far. I'm sure there's a Baskin Robbins down the street. Apparently, well, that's not the point. Okay. Well, why you can't find you can't find vanilla ice cream at Baskin Robbins anymore? I, I don't know. Say, no, if you go up to somebody like Dr. Busby's uh, Beard Oil and Ice Cream Parfait. That's you know, pretty much where he was, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not going to get normal food, you know? I No, I completely agree. I think he was just on his period. He's really weird about <laughs> that stuff. Um, but they do have, speaking of ice cream, the Cheesecake Factory, not sponsoring this. I just happen to love it. Like, n- not all of it, just their cheesecake. Um, is doing their birthday cake and original cheesecake uh, ice cream. They do it every so often. They're doing their cheesecake ice cream, which is really good. Just random, but I'm sure my brother would get angry that it's infused with cheesecake or some shit. Well, okay, that's cheese, that's ice that's ice that's cheesecake flavored ice cream. I'm sure they have a vanilla option. It's the Cheesecake Factory. I don't know. He is very angry about this. Well, I think that most most businesses, they you know, because like a chain like that, they'd have to be able to stock that that flavor in like almost every store. So you know, I'm I'm sure there's a lot when you travel outside of LA, there's a lot more vanilla and a lot less lavender infusions. Yeah, I I, I think it's just he was in like um, he was up near Melrose. 
So he's lucky they didn't serve it in an old shoe at that point. I'm just saying. All right. Well, that's, yeah. At this at this point, this you know you start to wonder why. Yeah, I, I I've been hearing like people from California are moving to Texas, and the Texas people aren't happy about it. In fact, like breaking windows when they see a Texas plate or something like that. But yeah, I used to question that. I don't know. They're trying to bring they're trying to bring kale and um, lavender infused ice cream. I'm just saying. Texas. To Texas, yeah. I mean, apparently it's happening in Austin, but you know, hey, you know, give the lady what she wants, right? You know what? I think we've just gone too far with the hipsters. We need a rule. Anyone with a beard should immediately be shaved. Um, sure. Of course, that being said, we have uh, Jared Fiora on, and he has a beard. Though his 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 uh, fighting name, for those that don't know, is Bear. Um, which in Palm Springs, which I think is from that area, is is pretty interesting. I thought it meant he was gay. Turns out he's not. Um, but he is very popular with the crowd out here. We'll be talking to him when we come back. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Bears? Michael Boland. Bears huh? are my size. Bears are Bears my size. Bears are your size? I don't yeah. know. He's like 205 pounds. So he's not and there. I'm like but... 340. Okay, well, clearly bears are my size. Okay, yeah. fine. He, the, he's he. What, what would be fine? He's a koala. Uh, bear cub. He could uh, be a bear cub. Right, you know, because I I found out that if I were to go in that direction, I could do very well for myself because they these bear cubs, these these smaller guys, guys compared to me. Yeah. Uh, all day long, perfecting their body just so they could be in the interior of a spoon with somebody like me. Nice high five! You could totally make it in the gay porn circuit. Yeah, um, it's like I haven't been offered. <laughs> What's that I moment? wish it was. That's not a joke. That really it's in my. Joke. That's the problem, Paul. It's in my brain. But then again, your <laughs> press photo for this show is you with a teeny tiny guitar standing in front of a teeny tiny house and no clothes. Okay, the the, the house is small. The guitar is actually regular size. <laughs> I, and that was when I was about four hundred and fifty pounds. So yeah. well, it's a great photo. <laughs> All right, guys, when we come back, we are going to be on with Jared Fiora. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin, my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, and we'll be right back after this. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, 
and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland. Welcome back, Paul. Well, so, I, you know, I really thought that I that you'd know what a fifty-man bukkake slam would, would be. I do not. Apparently, it has sort of like so. For for those of you that don't know, during the break, we were talking um, about gay porn and the whole bear thing being like an expanding area and how you can make a lot of money in gay porn. And then Paul started talking about his friend that did something about bookies well, and well, yeah, donuts. It, and to say there's no there's there's not a lot of money in porn these days, uh, especially for the performers. Yeah. Performers. Uh, the good there's like, you know, the good dick, you know, the the solid one that mm-hmm. you can always count on. They're making about as much as the girls are these days. That's but good. new dick uh, is uh, not paid so much. In fact, guys, like I said, this was like about six months ago. A guy I know did a. Uh, a 50-man bukkake slam where one girl is the center of the tension. She winds up walking away like a, looking like a overglazed Krispy Kreme. Uh, that's where I got donut. I'm like, I couldn't figure out where donuts fit in, okay? No, glazed oh. donut. That's what the, that's a, you know, 50 guys turned into a glazed donut. I kind of want, I wanted Krispy Kreme until you said that. Keep going. Okay, well, maybe, you know, I, I'm just here to help. Uh <laughs> And yeah, so he got paid eight hundred eighty bucks for the scene, scene which is basically you're just unclogging the snorkel, so you're not really coming in contact with the girl. And after like the uh, I don't know second guy, I'm not I'm okay with her, you know, maybe you know taking a shower before I touch her or anything like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, hundred eighty. It was like hundred eighty bucks for the scene. These prices may have changed, and the STD test runs somewhere in the hundred and sixty. So it's like, hey, twenty five bucks, dude. Uh, that's you know. terrible. Well, you know, it's like you gotta. Those bukkake things are kind of like a thing, and the second that that someplace like Pornhub or one of the tube sites gets a hold of it and throws it up there, you've lost revenue on it. You're starting. You're gonna start losing revenue. So. Okay, so guys, get your bukkake. Bukkake. How do you say it? Bukkake. Get your bukkake from a proper distributor, not from Pornhub. Support the, support support the porn actors seriously as much grief as everyone gives them they are actually part of the film industry biggest uh purveyor of porn biggest distributor of porn in the world is disney vivid <laughs> runs through paramount i'm not kidding so they are part of the entertainment industry be respectful be nice pay for your porn okay that was one i i'm just i'm a big believer in that i think fair's fair like you're doing a job i wouldn't and couldn't do so god bless you you should be paid um, right. I was going to talk about um, black celebrities are the fastest growing um, group of vegans and, and, and African-Americans are actually the fastest growing group of vegans. I'm not even sure how the fuck to segue into that. Uh, um, I think you just did. 
That, yeah, okay, we'll call that we'll call that segue. So I think that's the whole story. Let's get Jared on because I'm I'm just I'm feeling dirty. So we're gonna move on. Like we're gonna move on. Um, I'm really glad they're joining uh, the vegan ranks because one of the problems I was saying in California is uh, African Americans are vegans. No, they're being really badly hit, especially in uh, lower income areas, by the income crisis and with obesity. So watching um, a lot of uh, African-American public figures become vegans is apparently switching a lot of people to doing it. And I think that could be really, really healthy. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of vegans. I'm a ve- I, like vegetarians. Right. Yes. Vegan is not my thing, but you know what, if it gets people to cut down a little on sugar and a little on the animal products, um, I'd like to see that. So, right. And everybody could be just as annoying as everybody else. It's, exactly. Yeah. If, if, if you can be an irritating vegan too, no matter who you are and where you come from. You can be an irritating You're vegan. Twat waffles. Exactly. I, I know. It's just look. If you ever wind up running a production, uh, the people who are going to be a pain in the ass. You'd figure it would be uh, when it comes to mealtime. Figure it'd be uh, Jews. You know, keep kosher. But that's actually pretty easy. Yeah. Then vegetarians, salads that way. Mm. Uh, and then vegans, in which case they are the biggest, the whiniest. I know. My ass. They, they really yeah. are. Like, I, I will say, um, I love Pam Anderson. She's a vegan. She didn't make everyone be vegan on set, but I've been on sets. I'm not going to say the actress's name. Um, she was like a hardcore vegan. She had the whole thing had to be vegan. She didn't want people wearing leather shoes. She yelled at the props department. Like it, it was bad. And I thought it was fucking insane that it was allowed to happen. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language, we give money to the uh, Club of America, we give money to uh, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. Speaking of free MMA, I'd like to welcome to the show, Jared Fiorda. Jared, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me on again. I appreciate it. No problem, yeah, uh, no problem. Should, Shouldn't you be like, you know, punching the side of a cow or something, or chasing a chicken around the backyard or anything like that? I mean... Running up the steps, listening to Rocky? Yeah, you guys are right, and that was uh, pretty intense training, actually, especially the chicken part. That would that got me for a while. That got you for a while catching the chicken. I'm I'm gonna yeah. ask this and sound dumb. You guys actually chase a chicken, or am I just being an idiot? No, we do not actually. At least I personally <laughs> do not chase any chickens during this fight camp. Uh, some other okay. guys may. I don't know. Now, yeah, everybody's got their own thing. But, yeah. When we when we step into the future tomorrow, because this is going to air tomorrow. Um, you'll be prepping for your fight. Yeah, yeah. I'll be probably already uh, on scene there, if not trying to get myself feel comfortable mentally getting the game, make sure I'm ready to step into the cage. Now, the guy you're fighting, you're six foot tall, 205 pounds, um, and you've got a mean ass right. But the guy you're fighting, six foot five, and he looks like he's had his face dragged across gravel. Is that frightening for you? <laughs> like, that sounds terrible. Um, is there a better way of phrasing this? Like, no. The guy you're fighting looks terrifying. I mean, you, you know, I'll give it to you. The guy does look very intimidating. And you know what? I wish I had worked more of my body shots during this camp. He, I, he is fighting just taller than me. Um, but, you know, I'm going to have a good time. No matter what he looks like, he may look like he's a Grim Reaper, but I can take it. I'll be good. Really? How do you not get frightened before a fight? Like, if I knew someone was coming to punch me, in the face tomorrow, um, I, I'd be gone and staying with Paul. Yeah, I'd pretty much just oh, stay behind you. closed doors. Yeah. Just board up the doors, lock it. No, yes. I, you know what, I got to, I'll say this. And anyone who tells you this, it's wrong. 
I think they're not true to themselves. Uh, when you before you get into that cage, especially this waiting period, it is awful. You're building your anxiety, your fear is going up. You absolutely do get timid to step into the cage. Uh, however, once you get in there and the rest does go, it's like your animal instincts kick in and it just leaves. Uh, so the biggest fear you're going to feel for anyone who's listening, thinking about getting into this industry, it's going to be that weight. And the moment the rest says go, it will dissipate. You will lose that anxiety, that fear. Because then you have to, you have to go primal. That guy's going to come over and hurt me if I want to do something. But so your anxiety about what he's going to do, what the audience thinks, did I prepare enough? It all goes out the window. You have to focus on defense and attack. That's it. Okay, if someone's coming to punch me in the face and I'm locked in a cage with them, I'm climbing out of the cage. <laughs> you could. <laughs> first, first, why are you in a cage? They're they're in a cage, like they're in a. Octagon. I know they're in a cage. But why are you in a cage? <laughs> I don't know, but if someone's trying to punch me, I want to leave. <laughs> that's that's all my brain says. Um, Jared, can you tell Sorry, everyone a little, <laughs> a little like, bit? It's like the mm-hmm. plot the Jaws four. Okay, you know where <laughs> where she goes to escape a shark by going to the Bahamas. Was she drunk? If you don't want to get punched, don't get in the cage. I, I agree. I just don't know how you force yourself to get in the cage. Jared, how did you get into doing this? Well, it started when I was five, when, when my dad passed away and I had a lot of built up anger and a lot of intense emotions. My mom got me into martial arts and she said that, you know, if you're going to be acting out and very physically violent, punch other kids in school, you're going to do it in a productive manner. So I started taking, ta- uh, taking Taekwondo, and from there I competed. I moved on to other martial arts. Uh, I got my ass kicked by your brother, the kickboxer, and decided MMA's life for me. <laughs> so you got beat up and then went, gee, that's what I want to do for a living? Oh, yeah. I thought it was the best time of my life. Okay. Now, what's the hardest part? What's the hardest part of doing this for a living? Um, I know now you're, you're pretty altruistic. You run a nonprofit gym. It's one of the things we support here on the show. Um, it's, it's a free gym for anyone that wants to learn, but how, how do you go, how do you get into doing this? I mean, from what I've heard and please don't take offense to this. Um, you know, people are saying that traditional martial arts is not the way to get into, into fighting. They say you need like MMA to get into MMA and you're saying you did Taekwondo. Right. That is absolutely what, that's absolutely what I did. And I'm grateful every single day that my mom uh, put me in there and supported me in doing martial, in traditional martial arts, such as Taekwondo. Uh, if anyone's looking to get into this industry, taking it very seriously, I honestly believe you have to start with a really strong foundation. And that would be a traditional martial art, whether it be Taekwondo, karate, Kung Fu. You can see them used all over the world. You see guys compete in these martial arts really effectively all over the world. And I think it is the best way to move and transition yourself into MMA. You have to have something that gives you a base. You need to be a strong kicker, a strong puncher. So if you start boxing or if you start doing uh, jiu-jitsu, which even though people consider MMA is a traditional martial art, you need to have a foundation before you move in. You don't want to be a jack-of-all-trades. You want to have something you have down really, really well because that's going to separate yourself from the other guys. I mean, people used to make fun of my Taekwondo a lot, and then I'd beat them up using my Taekwondo. So it hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> what about these guys that say um, martial arts doesn't work in real life? Uh, I have to say they haven't found someone who can actually use martial arts then. 
if you look at the guys who train competitively every day, you look at the guys who spar every day, it doesn't matter what martial arts you do, if you put it into real-life situations regularly, you will be able to effectively use your martial arts. That being said, the whole chi power blocking thing does not work. You can never use that in an uh, applicable situation. So don't don't uh, that that's not that touch thing that I bought out of a comic book doesn't doesn't actually it work. It doesn't back work. In the 70s. It's the whole concept that you can build up the chi in your body and you can expel that like throwing a Hadouken from Street Fighter, and it would. Yeah, wait, wait, wait! No, no, no! I want to be Goku. Can I shoot like Goku? I'm sure you could in your mind. Are you asking me to teach you how to be like Goku? Yes. Teach me to shoot like Goku. Yeah, you're a better okay, shot well, at I'm teaching not... you how to do Bukaki. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, not I'm just to... saying, there's a game know. plan. There's directions. It's not a problem. Could could people actually learn to do that? Could they like learn to be Goku and push their chi? Is that a thing? No. I don't know. No. Fight. Now, hold on, hold on. I know I can't, but there's an old hermit who wears turtle shells in the middle of the ocean. He could teach you how to do it. <laughs> I love the Dragon Ball Z reference. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I was like, I have no, is that a Super Mario reference? I no, just, it's, oh, it's a Dragon God. Ball and Dragon Ball, like I know. Dragon Ball reference. <laughs> I know. I didn't even, like, I think I, I gave your son a, a picture of uh, somebody from Dragon Ball Z. I can't. Yeah, Goku. This is why you're so run out with it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I know. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that 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 would work. I actually just saw a thing on the guy who actually did the whole dim mock uh, ads uh, back in comic books in the '70s, where you learn the death touch. You know, because well, most of the guys. It worked. It worked, it worked in Kung Fu Hustle. It worked in Kung Fu Hustle to the point that they're making a Kung Fu Hustle too. So did so did three stunt teams at a. Damn good visual effects department. But yeah, I love Kung Fu uh, Hustle. Mm. All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with uh, my co-host, host and militant moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, our very, very special guest, um, Jared Fjorda, Bear Fjorda. He can tell us how he got that nickname. We'll be right back after this. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bowen, and our very special guest, uh, Jared Fjorda. In During the break, we were telling racist jokes. We actually have a giveaway this time, so I'm going to say this. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to my the, the people that make me gorgeous. Um, Amanda's Tea Room is doing a giveaway, so if you want to go to tea, Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon, thank you for making me gorgeous. Off-road rentals, if you want an ATV ride. Uh, True Rest Floats in Las Vegas and Sedona. You can use it at any True Rest. If you want any of those giveaways, um, and of course, thank you for to Dr. Russ for the Palm Springs diet spread under your tongue and get skinny. I know Jared's used that before a fight, actually. But I will say um, to if you want to go to tea at Amanda's Tea Room, a ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a float at True Rest, Sedona, or Las Vegas, you can use it anywhere in the country. Send us your most. Well, I'm not telling you the joke Paul told during the. Uh, during the uh, break because I, I don't want hate mail, but send us your most racist um, or most sexist joke. Like, send us the worst joke you know. Okay, and what we'll, joke would make a millennial's head just pop like a grape? Exactly. So for, for those of you in my generation and Jared's generation, to the millennials out there, um, send us your worst joke into Generation Z. Stop listening to this. It's not for you. Bad. Bad. Go to your parents. Generation um, I don't like the racist joke every now and again. <laughs> but by the way, son, I know you just went over it. Would you take offense by uh, named off some of my sponsors so I don't get yelled no, at? No, it's full. These are the people that uh, make your gym possible and pay for your fight, right? Right, as Absolutely. long as they're okay with certain things we talk about on the show. But that's yeah. Yeah. point. Uh, so th- just like you talking about offer rentals and the best AC rides you'll find out here in the Valley, arguably the country, uh, CNM Building Materials, the K9 Spa, Stone House Tile. Champion Auto, go get your cars fixed there. Santa Fe Restaurant, the best fajitas I've ever had for sure. Uh, Fina Insurance, Sign and Signage, and of course, Voice American behind the scenes. Thank you guys. For yeah, that's right. We gave you guys, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you guys so, give us money every time you cuss. We do. We give money every time we swear. So think about that. We swear to help the children that Jared teaches and so that we can have our name across his butt during his fights. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, fuck. We do that? Yeah, Jared's swearing <laughs> in the background. He's like, I, We're not going to give you extra money if you swear the whole time, Jared. I want pictures. <laughs> oh, come sure. We'll see. <laughs> um, I, I will say, yeah, I'll send you pictures, Paul. And actually, we'll put them up online here so you guys can all see Jared in his little booty shorts. So what does, one, I want to know how you got the nickname Bear. I know these guys all pick tough nicknames like this, Iceman and Cobra and like all you guys have tough nicknames. How'd you get yours? Uh, I got mine from my mom, because for as long as I can remember, she's been calling me Jer Bear. And so I just decided when I was trying to figure out nicknames, just to roll with it. It's known me for for years. Why not? So guys pick tough nicknames, and you chose Bear well, because that's your mommy's nickname to you. 
Hey, representing supporting your mother is really tough sometimes. I uh, like. No, that's cool. That's actually really cool. Most guys like try and come up with a tough nickname. You have a cute story. Now, your mom helped you start the gym. Yes, she absolutely did. She's been a huge supporter, and she helped me put it all together. And I think she did it for the same reasons that I wanted to, to make sure that everyone can have the same opportunity that I get did. And uh, there's a certain level of understanding that not everyone can afford to take martial arts classes, but it shouldn't be about that. Martial arts is a, uh, a privilege, not, not like a... I, I beg your pardon. It's a right, not a privilege. Thank you. No worries. Next time you run for Congress, we'll make sure you get the speech right. Um, but now, it wasn't, wasn't until later. Like you now, it, is this full contact free MMA or is it like, now, I just went to an event not too long ago, uh, called topless MMA. And I didn't know that they had those like plastic masks that they put in front of the, that they can, uh, attach to the front of those headgear things. So is that what you guys use? Cause I know they, you know. they don't use, he wears little shorts and gloves. Um, no, I'm talking about the kids that he's teaching. Yeah, no, oh, the we kids, don't I was really like, and, they, and, and Jared's topless, but I'm not sure that's a thing. Hmm? We don't wear headpieces, chest pads. Honestly, we're lucky they give us cups. Yeah. He's no, asking at the gym. Yeah, to your students. At the gym. So sorry. No, it is full contact, Paul. I, I make sure my students can actually use in a real-life situation or a competitive situation uh, what they learn at the gym. So you're punching four-year-olds in the face? No, they're punching each other in the face while I watch. Um, this sounds like that crack baby wrestling from South Park, not really a non-profit. <laughs> that was basically um, a true uh, story, right? Are you serious? That's awful. Yes. No, well, no, it's also Jersey. Ah, uh, that makes more sense. Yeah, um, yeah. two ladies who ran a, uh, a daycare center was was live streaming baby fights. Oh my God, that is horrible. Okay, okay I'm not going to joke about joke. that again. That's really that's mm -hmm. why I don't, you know, it's Jersey. Yeah, granted, we're going to, you know, there are people in other 50 states going, yeah, we get it, you know. Just. It's like saying it was Florida. What do you expect? Um, that's horrible. But I, I liked, so when I uh, met Jared, one of the things he's talking about with his gym is when he was little, his mom actually worked an extra job to keep him in martial arts. And all of his friends that dropped out uh, ended up on drugs, in gangs, or dead. So he felt that the martial arts made a huge difference. I've met his mom. She can be really terrifying. So I think the parentage um, makes a difference too. But I can see where martial arts helps. So what made you decide, because your sponsorship doesn't go in your pocket. It goes to the nonprofit. So you literally go get punched in the face to support a gym to give free lessons to people. Absolutely. It's something that I take, uh, I hold very near and dear to my heart. I'm very passionate about it. So I want to support the gym in every way I can, including with the money I make from fights. Yeah. You kind of make everyone else feel a little bit like an asshole when you do stuff like that. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. yeah you're, you're, you're helping children. I'm, my MMA experience was going to see two topless chicks beating the hell out of one another. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there thinking I've seen Jared in these little shorts. I'm like, he looks really good in those little booty shorts. And Jared's like, I, I'm doing it for the children. I'm like, God, I'm a terrible person. I have um, video of that. That they yeah, just uh, oh yeah. Let me give you a quick shout out to my buddy who's who was the referee of this event at Games <laughs> yeah. and Games out here in. Uh, it happens once a month. Games and Games is a strip club out here. Three fights. I still don't know how I feel about it, but you know, the, the crowd loved it. But yeah, it you know just, what? Yeah. If the the girls are athletic, why not? Um, if they can I, do it, look, I, I just. 
is you know, in the words of I think Sam Kennison said it best. Look, I don't condone violence towards women at all. No big mystery why it happens, but you know, I mean, I just don't condone <laughs> it at all. All, uh, but that's that's where I'm sitting on that one. So yeah, and yes, the girls could beat the shit out of me, but that's not that hard. I'm not that very well trained. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's, it, but it's still, it's one of those, I'm not sure. Yeah, I get it. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm all for women's empowerment. If you guys want to do it, cool. If you want to do it topless, cool. Um, I just wouldn't want to see the girls be taken advantage of. So girls, if you, uh, well, need equality. Training, here you go. <laughs> if you girls need some extra training, go out to free MMA. Everything would have been fine. Paul, go to the corner. You're being sexist again. Um, so Jared, yeah, what, where are you fighting? Okay. <laughs> where are you fighting, Jared? Sorry, say it again. Where are I'm you fighting? Fight? I'm fighting at I'm fighting at the Four Points Sheraton in San Diego, California. Okay, and what and you and it's through who? Camo. Yes, I'm fighting through the Camo program. They do a lot of uh, events okay. in Southern North California. Oh, very very cool. Now, for you. Um, I know you've had, uh, you've, you've been doing this for years. You still, but you say it's, you know, it's still tough to go in and do this. What's the hardest part? Is it the dieting? The is it the fighting? Hmm? It's the diet. No, it's the dieting. The fighting is the fun part. What's the hardest part about dieting? I mean, having to give up all the great foods that I love and substitute for salad. What do you think? Now, something I'll ask about, because we've had people ask about this before. Um, in the UFC and all of these organizations, these guys do like serious weight cuts, dehydrate themselves, and then pump themselves back up before the fight. What do you think about that? Through personal experience and for what I, from when I talk to other fighters and coaches, I personally believe that the whole weight cut where you drop a ton of water in the last couple of days is just really, really bad for your body. I mean... To be quite frank, if you could lose the weight, if you're looking to do this and you can lose the weight on a natural basis, like just switch up what you're putting into your body food-wise and calorie-wise while consuming the water you need to, uh, do that. Don't don't try and be as heavy as possible and then cut all that water weight just to, just to make weight. Because the day of the fight, your guy's going to be strong and you're going to be weak because you dehydrated the whole time. Is that, did they do that to get more energy or something? Or they, yeah. they think that, hey, if... If I don't have another five pounds on me, I can move faster or something? Or, or what's what do they do it for? Well, they do it to make weight. So let's say, you, uh, let's say you're fighting at 200 pounds, you're sitting at 220, and you think, oh, I can lose you know, 12, 15 pounds in one day if I just lose all my water, and then I can get it all back mm. the next day. I can gain all my water weight back and be strong. That's, that's not how it's going to work. Guys do it literally to cut weight, to make, make the weight uh, that you're supposed to fight okay. at. So, so that, that thing that we that see where the back. two fighters are like, they, they get weighed and then they like face off of one another and, you know, in, in, in a press conference situation. So they, they, they'll cut the weight be it, so that they can qualify for a fight, but then put the weight back on so they have that many more pounds put into the punch. Yes, they want the weight behind them. They just know they have right. to make the initial weight when they get on site. But those guys are, when you're talking about press conferences, those are top-of-the-line pros, they have medical teams behind them. I mean, you can look at some of these amateur fighters who are cutting massive amounts of water, but they don't have a team to check on them. They don't have doctors or dietitians making sure they're okay. These guys are just going off what they see on basically TV. 
Now, you have guys that fight out of your gym. It's not just you teaching people. You actually help train guys for fights, not just yourself. I mean, you have guys that fight there that you help train. Yes, I do. They're fighting in March, actually, with the Gladiator Challenge in Saboba, California. So, Gladiator um, Challenge? I don't know what that is. It, it's, it's a, I guess it's a thing. Um, it's what do you say to them about gladiator, fighting? Gladiator Challenge. What's, what's, what, what in God's name is that? It sounds like WWF. No, it's, it's another MMA label. They call themselves Gladiator Challenge. You still step into a cage. You still hit a guy for a couple of minutes, and then you guys go get beers afterwards, maybe. Okay, so there isn't like 50 guys jumping the cage, last man standing, or swinging chairs or anything like that. It's still, it's... It's, it's like actual branding. MMA. It's their branding. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so what, we, have you, what have you told them about cutting? Like, are you for it, against it? No, I, I am absolutely against it. I told them the same thing I just said right now, and that is to lose the weight naturally through the diet, specifically what you put in your mouth, like you know, more healthy, healthy foods, vegetarianism. I, I don't know about vegan, how well it works, because I personally haven't tried it, but it's cutting out all the normal crap you have. Like, don't have pizzas every single day. Don't eat a cupcake every other hour. Uh, anything you can do to not have to cut that water out of your system so you can be really, really strong but still make weight for the fight. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you, who do you think the uh, greatest fighter of all time is? Who's your favorite fighter? I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and I have to say, without shadow of a doubt, it is Bruce Ali. And Bruce so Ali. if you don't know who Bruce do Ali is, I made him up. He's an amalgamation of Bruce Lee and Muhammad Ali, if they were put together. I actually thought you were getting, like, Bruce Lee's name wrong. I'm like, some martial artist. Okay. Way to now, go. Bruce Lee. There's, there's been a little, some people have been how many fights did he actually do? You know, I, I know he was a great teacher myself, and a is, movie star. He is a did great he? teacher and he learned from a, his teacher was actually Ip Man in China. And he has a couple of fights that have been recorded that you can see online. Uh, and I'll go as far as to say he probably has at least double that just because not everyone's maybe been able to film his fight. But he's incredible when right. you watch him compete against these other guys. Well, I've seen the one-inch punch video, and I know that the uh, the ping-pong nunchucks is uh, visual effects. So. Yeah, but did well? does the one-inch punch actually work? I mean, it works for Bruce Lee. Here's, well, here's my question. You're also letting somebody punch you. So, you know, or, you know the person that you're... Doing the one-inch punch on there, letting you punch. So didn't cool. didn't Bruce Lee start his own martial art? Yeah, in fact, Bruce Lee, a lot of people consider him to be the father of mixed martial arts. His specifically was called Jeet Kune Do. Uh, but when you look at it, he pulled aspects of different martial arts they trained in. At least he pulled in the best aspects, ones he thought would work the most, and put it all together and start teaching that. Well, how come we don't see more MMA fighters doing Jeet Kune Do? In my personal opinion, it's because people did the Jeet Kune Do what they did to all martial arts. So the same reason that Taekwondo gets crapped on, that karate gets dissed, Kung Fu, is because when they were started, all these martial arts were started by people watching other people fight and learning what works, and then incorporating that so they can teach it to other people to be effective. Same way with Jeet Kune Do. Bruce Lee saw a bunch of martial arts, he took the best aspects, put it together as one. If martial arts stuck to the way they were first founded, they would have continually added more and more to them. When 
the problem what happens is people end up stopping. They get that certain rank or, oh, I'm the grandmaster, I'm the one left. Okay, well, this is just all I'm going to teach. We need to keep this sacred. We need to keep the traditions up. So we're not going to incorporate more. I mean, today we might call it Jeet Kune Do if the practitioners actually started incorporating uh, kickboxing when it came on the scene, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when it came on the scene. When things started to pop up and we actually put them together, Jeet Kune Do probably would be the MMA of today, and you would see all the fighters taking Jeet Kune Do, uh, Jeet Kune Do classes. But because the teachers stopped doing that, it became stagnant and stopped growing. Hmm. Well, okay, why Muhammad Ali? You like him, why Muhammad Ali? Because Muhammad Ali's a badass. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's, 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 I, I'd go as far as to say he can compete today in his prime and still win championships. You think he, okay, what about, so you think these two guys today, if you threw them in an MMA ring, would survive? Absolutely. These guys absolutely were gods of their own sport and could easily compete today. That being said, I know they'd be closer to their 80s, 90s, and 100s. I'm just saying, right. in their prime, yeah. they could do this. Okay, so if we took a 100-year-old Bruce Lee and threw him in an MMA cage, he's good. You could be surprised, but that also be a little bit unfair. I don't want to see 100-year-old Bruce Lee get hit in the face. <laughs> Look, both, both, both fighters we're talking about are currently unavailable. So Yeah, know, right? that's fair. Okay, so these are your two favorite fighters. Well, do you think, like... Bruce Lee could take Conor McGregor. He's the top of your field. Conor McGregor's a great fighter. He's got a really nasty left hand, but I still believe that Bruce Lee could take him in a fight. Why? Bruce Lee has that speed. He has that stamina. He's beautiful with his fight knowledge. His fight science, he's incredible. And I think he'd take Conor McGregor apart. What is fight science? Fight science or basically how much you learn in the fight, or another word is fight IQ. It's how good you are in the cage, how smart you are, how quick you can learn about your opponent. If you can see the little problem in their form or in their strategy, that's what I mean. And Bruce Lee very quickly realized that Conor McGregor has some issues uh, with keeping his hands up. He gets winded really quickly, and he would exploit that. Okay, so you legit believe that Bruce Lee could take Conor McGregor? I 100% believe Bruce Lee could take Conor McGregor in a fight. Do you think you could take Conor McGregor in a fight? Do you think you can take Conor McGregor in a fight? Do I have a bat? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are guns allowed? I'm just yeah, that's, that's, that's my question. Like, if I have a bat, hell no, he's still going to win. But, um... <laughs> like, Are guns at 100 I've, yards distance a thing, thing of the past? I mean, yeah, because I... yeah. That's kind and of how I thought WWE rules. You can bring in a chair. <laughs> I still think he'd win. <laughs> I'm going to be. He was. Yes, he's going to win. Yes. But, yeah, fine. I, I, I definitely think he's going to win. Jared's the only one on this call that has a shot. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a valid point. That's. I, I think Jared's our only chance, and even Jared's like, I'm not fighting Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, the hell does that say? Would you fight Bruce Lee? Can I learn from Bruce Lee first? See, I would fight Bruce Lee, and I think I'd win. I mean, we're talking about me taking him now, right? No. How'd you go, Bruce Lee? Um, yeah, was he cremated? I'm not, I'm not sure. I think. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, if, if I can take him now, maybe. Um, 
if you could learn from one person, who would you want to learn from and why? That's a tough question. If I can learn from one person. So if I can learn from one person in a physical sense, I would definitely want to learn from Bruce Lee. Just the way he sees the opponents, his mindset, how happy he is when he steps into a fight, how calm he is. I think that's something that every martial artist needs. In a, in a more spiritual sense, I say myself. I think everyone is their own biggest critics, and I think everyone can be their own best coaches because no one's going to know more about you or know you better than yourself. Oh, yeah, but I think you have to have the experience. So for you, that would work. But if I'm coaching myself, it's going to be like, shit, I cracked a nail. Um, so that's not great. <laughs> that's, that's not great. Um, quickly tell everyone where to find you on social media. I know you're on TikTok, you're on Twitter, you're on everything. So tell everyone where, because we're getting to the end of the show. Tell everyone where to find you. Got all right, I'm on all social media. Everything is at Bear, B-E-A-R, Fiorda, F-I-O-R-D-A. No capitals, no spaces, no commas, no hyphens. Just plain like that, at Bear Fiorda. Now, where are you fighting tomorrow? Where can everyone, or today, because they're going to hear it right beforehand. Where are you fighting in about two hours? Right, in approximately two hours. That's what it is. I'm fighting in time at machine. the... Yeah. Uh, Fighting in San Diego at the Four Point Sheraton with Camo. The fight promotion is called Epic 45. Okay, so I've had 45 of these fights. Now, um, I'm going to ask, what advice, because we have three minutes to close, would you give to people who want to get into doing this for a living? So if you want to get into this for a living, like I said earlier in the show, definitely have a good foundation. Take a traditional martial art. It'll give you really good skills and a good mindset for uh competition, but also making sure that you stay safe and stay happy and healthy. I'd also say do some, uh, do some meditation. Do, get a, get a, it's going to sound really weird, but get a therapist. Get some of these, uh, like a hypnotherapist. Get some of these angst out. Get, some, uh, get a good mindset going, be able to calm down. A lot of the top fighters will always point at meditation and breathing exercises just to make sure you're good to go for the fight. And absolutely, when you get there, day of, you're standing around, your anxiety's building up, you see everyone training and working out and getting warmed up for the fight, just get out of your head. Do whatever you need to do to get out of your head. You see people like John Bones Jones, Anderson Silva, some of the best fighters ever, they did some wacky things behind, behind the scenes in their waiting room. But when they get in the cage, dancing around, squatting around like a spider, get out of your own head. Do whatever you have to just to relax and be in a good mindset for when the fight starts. Now, here's the most important question. We have two minutes. Are you going to win this fight? Do you think you're going to win this fight against um, your opponent looks good? Like, he looks tough. He looks a little frightening. I wouldn't fight him. Oh, don't get me wrong. My guy's scary. But I, I think I got this fight. I'm going, to take it. I'm going to take this one. Okay. I like that. So you're going to take this fight. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to the audience? We have one minute left. Uh, yes. Thank you guys for showing your support. And I appreciate it. Uh, your, your feedback, especially when it comes to online in regards to myself and the gym. And I also want to take time to thank Voice America and Behind the Scenes for having me on. Uh, quick question. You guys did say you uh, donate every time people cut, right? Yes. Oh, I do want to say we are going to live stream Ugh. Jared's fight. But, yeah, every time someone swears, we give money to the show. So can I just, like, start cursing randomly right now? Is that going to work? Okay, we are going to get off air before Jared fuck, costs fuck, us shit. too much money. Shit. Shit. Um, fuck, we are going to get Alexis fuck, is going to kill us. Fuck, Do we have to go? Fuck, we'll see you guys. Fuck, Paul, fuck, stop fuck, it. We will see you guys next week. Tell him how Jared's fight goes.
I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and our very, very special Art. guest, Jared the Bear Fiorda. We will see you guys yeah. next week. Good night. Damn it. All right. <laughs>